Welcome to Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to learn from fellow business owners how to decrease the chaos and increase their sense of fulfillment while becoming more profitable. I'm your host, Tracy Trepesky. I'm an executive coach and consultant and leadership development expert. I'm also mom to two amazing teenagers and a menagerie of adopted furry family members. In each episode, we explore challenges, opportunities, and actionable tips to help you take control of your time and energy and improve your bottom line while staying true to your vision. You'll hear from me and my guests how we've tackled some of the pitfalls and unexpected surprises that entrepreneurship delivers. We're the real deal, and we're here to inspire and encourage you. Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today for episode 60 of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset, the podcast where entrepreneurs just like you and me share how they master their mindset to overcome obstacles to their success. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to reiterate our opposition to the recent slick moves by the U.S. Supreme Court with respect to concealed carry gun laws, striking down Roe versus Wade, and making it legal for teachers and administrators in public schools to lead students in prayer, sharply undermining separation of church and state. This is such a chaotic time, and we at Tracy Trepesky International and at the Entrepreneur Mindset Reset podcast want you to know that we are here for you, and we have some resources in the show notes if you're feeling overwhelmed, afraid, or need help sourcing reproductive health care. We are all in this together, and when we lock arms, we can move mountains. Please take care of yourself. Rest when you need. Unplug when you need. Drink lots of water. Trust me on this one. Drink lots of water and stay connected with those in your community and your loved ones. I think today's episode will feel like a salve for your weary soul. I am thrilled to interview my friend Jay Pickens of Diversity on Film and The Thrill Company. Jay is a filmmaker committed to representation and artistic freedom. His commitment to his mission and craft are palpable, and and our conversation just gave me so much hope about how representation in the arts can not only serve to entertain and engage all who watch, but also to heal. Jay shares that his approach to his craft is first to get clear about what he wants to do and then find the path. In creating short films, mostly under an hour and most ranging from about five to 20 minutes with minimal budgets, he's able to capture and create a distinct artistic essence, even in his sci-fi and action-oriented films. It's so cool. So in terms of avoiding the starving artist stereotype quotes here, Jay shares that each artist must strike a balance between pragmatism and passion. As we said in the interview, passion doesn't pay the bills, but without passion and commitment, we can be left feeling flat. He shares that whatever you do, be sure it's something you love or that helps you do what you love. You will not want to miss his parting wisdom, which is definitely not the typical parting wisdom. He says to define what you want to do first, and then you can create a clear path to it. So get clear about what you want to do and understand there are so many tools out there and there's always a way to help you find your way. There's always a solution to a problem you might encounter. 
our conversation will surely inspire you, especially if you're a creative and feeling frustrated or not sure how to proceed. So grab a beverage or a snack and settle in to listen to Jay and his amazing journey. Jay, thanks for coming on the show. It's so good to, to have you on today. Likewise, likewise. Great to be here. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. I know we were, while we were warming up a little bit, we were trying to figure out like how long, how long ago since we saw each other and since we, you know, like in person and talked. And I think the frame of reference was the height of my children. <laughs> so that was a pretty good. They were tiny and now they're not tiny. Uh, but I'm, I'm thrilled to have you on the show today. And I'm really excited to share with our guests your journey and what you're up to. I think you're doing some really magical and important work. Um, but before we dive in, I love telling people uh, or having our people tell our listeners where you are. So where are you currently? And we'll go from there. Right. So right now I'm in Washington, D.C. I'm in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. The, what do they call it? The DMV. Yep. <laughs> Maryland, Northern Virginia, you know. Nice. Excellent. And you, you're there temporarily, right? You were in Mexico for a while. Oh, yeah, I was, yeah I, was, well, I was in Mexico for about um, six months, so six okay. months at a time. Um, so I did six months, came out for a little bit, and then went back down again for another six months. And yeah, it's, it's kind of like this, this bug I, I've got, I've got to go. After a certain amount of time in the United States, I get called to another country, right? So <laughs> they had to go see what's going on uh, elsewhere in the world. So yeah, the last place was was Mexico. We were down in Cabo to one some Nice. Baja California. Baja California. And it's so pretty there. So were you in like in Cabo Cabo or were you up kind of up the coast or where were you? No, so they've got the... Cabo San Lucas, and then they have got the uh, San Jose. San Jose is where the locals were. They were joking and say, "That's where the old people go." Oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not old. Who you call it old? <laughs> yeah. Well, we we ended up in in, in San Lucas, but maybe that there would be um, where more of the action was. And when I say action, I don't mean like clubs and stuff like that. I mean, the ability to like find people that were in the arts and doing things and because most of the shows and everything that are going to happen and uh, events and things that have to do with show business, most of that will happen in San Lucas more so than San Jose. San Jose is more, if you want peace and quiet, they go up there. But yeah, so I came and went down to San Lucas because it was more happening. And that was like right in the middle of the pandemic. People are like, what? You went down to Mexico for six months in the middle of the pandemic? Yeah. Life goes on, right? <laughs> Life goes on and you're you're gonna mask and distance in the US or you're gonna mask and distance in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, you might as well go somewhere nice. Absolutely. And the difference is in Mexico, all the shelves were bare. People, nobody went crazy. Nobody bought up all the toilet paper and all the alcohol. You go into the grocery stores, there's, there's toilet paper, there's paper towels, there's alcohol, there's everything. Everybody's just mm, being sensible about it. Well, they were being sensible about it back when it was crazy, 2020. Yeah, that's amazing. So you, so tell us a little bit about what you, or a lot, if you'd like, about what you do. Because I think 
you can, I know you can explain it a lot better than I can, but I, I love what you're doing and I think more people need to know about it. So this is, this is time. Go toot your horn. <laughs> well, actually not very good at that toot my horn. That's probably the point of the problem. People, when they come along and they say, for promotional purposes, they say, you don't have to get over that. Otherwise you're not going to be able to have any real financial and commercial success. You're going to have to be able to just go out and say how great what you're doing is and how great you are and how wonderful it all is. That's just never been something I've been very good at. But I can Third part, it. yeah, is talk is self-promotion, right? But talking yeah. about your mission and your vision, I think is very different. I feel like when I've had other guests on the show who have said similar things, like it's really hard to talk about myself. I'm like, it's just stick to the vision, right? Because that's where that's where people really engage with what you're doing and and yeah. So okay. So well, just tell us what you do and and dive into the energy of your vision right. and your mission. Well, I'm an artist to the core. So when I say artist, I'm talking about like um, entertainment. You know, when people say, well, well, I'm a dancer or I'm a singer or I'm a musician or I'm an actor or I'm a writer. I say, I mean, you know how long it would take you to run down a list like that. I say, you can put all of those disciplines into one thing. Just call yourself an artist. So I would say I'm an artist to the core. What I'm doing right now, what I've been doing for the last, like I'd say 10 years is a focus on filmmaking. So part of that book, focus was first uh, an educational process, learning everything from um, post-production work, the editing, the uh, how to use the cameras, the lighting, the whole thing. Um, and then got into actually uh, pr producing work. And right along the time when um, the people were complaining, well, I say the time, it's been going on for a very long time when they're talking about Hollywood had, uh, has a diversity problem. When they talk about the, the diversity in Hollywood, most of the people were complaining that the major companies weren't casting a variety of ethnic backgrounds in their, you know, in their productions. And I'm like, okay, when I first, I first heard it, I'm like, yeah, they got a point. I, I get it. You got a point with that. And then the more I started hearing, I'm like, okay, so I get that. So what are you going to get past the complaining and protesting? Because I understand complaining and protesting is necessary because that brings awareness to the problem. But at some point you have to go past the protesting and complaining to some sort of action. So I'm like, okay, so, um, when are we going to go beyond complaining and protesting to action? I didn't see a lot of that happening. So I'm like, okay, so I think what I'm going to do is start my own streaming service, no matter how small, no matter how, you know, humble it is, at least I know it's mine. It's an independent streaming service uh, and start promoting films that have a ethnic diversity to them because at the end of the day, I can't go into march into some Sony office or Warner brothers office and say, Hey, how come you're not doing this? How come you're not doing that? They'd be like, man, out of here. This is my business. If you want to do that, go open up your own business. You can't come in here and tell me how to run my company. And 
basically that's, you know, that's the way it is. I mean, you can try to force them uh, to change, but why would you do that? To me, I'm like, it just, it feels like, feels like uh, a waste of energy. At least for me, I'm not saying that I got anything uh, against people doing that or that the people shouldn't do that. Everybody should do whatever they feel like they need to do to further the causes that they had in their heart. But um, for me, furthering the cause meant doing something myself, meant starting something myself from an entrepreneurial point of view. So that's, that's what that was about. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start a streaming service. So I took the knowledge over the first five years. I kind of put myself through school learning all those aspects and you'd be surprised how much you can learn if you like, you know, put yourself in there and dedicate yourself to learning. You don't necessarily have to go to university or, or school or something like that. Not nowadays. There was a time when you had to, but now there's just so much information out there. If you're willing to take the time and put in the effort, you can learn a lot. So I spent those like first five years <clears throat> learning everything there was to learn, to learn about making the films. And then I started slowly making, um, short films. And then I said, well, where, where can I show these films? And I started like looking around and I found this, um, platform where they give you all the tools. They don't do anything else. They just like, like somebody comes in and dumps a bunch of tools in the middle of the floor and say, okay, there you go. And you have to, you have to know what to do with it. So I took those tools and built a streaming service and said, okay, so we're going to do short films that focus on ethnic diversity. And when I say ethnic diversity, I mean ethnic and diversity. Because people say, what do you mean by diversity? Diversity can mean a lot of things. I'm like, well, not. specifically, I'm talking about ethnic diversity. I and mean, you can see people of all shapes, sizes, and colors in all different types of range. So the role that they play is not going to be restricted by the color of their skin or the, their size or the accent they may have or, or their religion or, yeah, or those kinds of things. But it's mainly about uh, the ethnicity because uh, in Hollywood, I really don't think there's, so we, we talk about um, representing the underrepresented basically is, is, is what, it, what it's about. Yeah, so I keep the film short because uh, it's a supply chain thing. Uh, most of the work I'm doing is me. And when I'm in Mexico, I got a Mexicano hermano, and uh, he helps me down there. But it's like two, maybe three people. And when we're putting production together and we're using budgets like a few thousand dollars, I don't know uh, how many people know this, but when you're in Hollywood, they consider a no, that's N-O, no budget film is like anything under, what was it, $2 million? It's no budget. Whoa. I'm like, no budget? Okay. I was like, I can make Star Wars with $2 million. But it was <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's like, you learn a lot of stuff. Uh, they say necessity is the mother of all invention. You know, you learn a lot of things. But one of the uh, reasons why I keep the uh, length short, keep it short film, is because of that. That way, I know I can I can focus the quality better. 
on a 10 minute short than if I, I tried to make a 80 minute long movie. So everything on the website is short. Everything's under an hour. I mean, if you saw a film that was 45 minutes on that site for, for one of my movies, a 45 minute movie is like a full length blockbuster. Most of the stuff, you know what I mean? Most of the stuff was going to be five, 10 minutes or long. Some of them 20 minutes, something like that. But um, like I said, the, the longest film is like under an hour, 45 minutes, something like that. Yeah, so I mean, that, that's been very fulfilling and, and very rewarding. So now when I think of something, something comes to mind, like, hey, you know what would be really cool is if we had like, I don't know, maybe, yeah, let's do a Chinese James Bond. <laughs> you know, that's what you want to do. You just do it. That's so cool. And you have like that creative license, one, because it fits with your vision, right? What you said you wanted to create. And two, because you're just there doing your own thing. Like you're not trying to appeal to, you're not, what am I trying to say? You're not like beholden to the big bucks. You're just doing art, which I think is you know, super Absolutely. There was a story um, that I like to share with you that uh, it wasn't a friend of mine, but I would say a fellow artist had the script. You know, she had the script and she, she wrote the script about, um, it was almost, I don't know, like a Cinderella kind of thing. Um, she told me all about the characters and what she wants to do and all that and how she was going around to all of these big companies. She went to a lot of the companies in LA and then she went up to Canada to, uh, to try to push some of the people up there. It was surprising. And then she went over to do to New York and tried to push it over there. Um, and she said, no matter what she did, she couldn't get any traction on it. And I asked her why she said, well, they told her that the characters were weak and the story wasn't very interesting. And they just, they just didn't, they didn't feel a connection to it and they didn't think it would do well. So she said, okay, she went and she changed something and she went back. Then they were like, oh, wow, this is much better. The story's much stronger. The characters are much better. It has a much better connection. And I, we think this is, you know, we, we feel much better connection to this and we think it's going to do really, really well. She changed absolutely nothing in her story, besides the race of the lead character. Here's my shocked ever, face. I'm annoyed, <laughs> but you know, sadly it's not you know, surprising. See, see, here's the thing that wouldn't, that wouldn't bother me. That what bothers me the most about that as an artist is the amount of time of my time you waste. I, I'm, I'm not like really sensitive. I mean, I'm, I'm old school when it comes to that kind of thing. I've never had a problem with. Uh, audition notices back in the day, if they had wrote in there, no black people, everybody would have been upset and all oh, that's racist and blah, blah, blah. Me, I'd be like, oh, no, thank you. Thank you very much. And just move on. Right. Because like, I would rather that than me to go to 20 auditions when you know you have absolutely no intention of hiring me, no matter what I do, no matter how good I am. No matter, I'm like, don't waste my time. Just tell me, no, we don't want no black people. I'm like, thanks. That way I don't have to waste my time. Right. So for me, with her, it would have been so much easier if they had just said, look, 
change the character to white, and we got a deal. Instead of trying to be politically correct and come up with all these other excuses and 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 those kinds of things. But one way that you can avoid all of that is to just be an independent artist. And like I said before, um, it's not always even about race. It's just about how much heart and heart and soul that you put into your creation. And then you go into this office where this person sitting behind the desk who has no concept of art most of the time, couldn't care less. They're just, you know, number or bean counters, whatever you want to call them. And they just take out this pen and they just start slashing through all your work. Nope, not this, not that. Take out this, change that, take this. To, you know, and it, each stroke of their pen is like a razor blade across your chest or something, you know. So I said, you can avoid all that by just being an independent artist, especially nowadays with the tools that are available. So I created this streaming service where I can um, host my work and anyone else comes along as long as, the, long as it's along the same lines as, as what I'm doing for myself and, and other like-minded artists. And that way, um, you, you fix that whole problem where they say, do something about it rather than complaining. I said, okay, then that's it. And this is what I'm doing. And as an artist, you can make whatever you want. And then you let the people decide you make whatever kind of art, create whatever kind of art you want. And you let the people decide they will either watch it or not watch it. They will either consume the content or not consume the content. I can't tell you the amount of times that I've been frustrated. I would see something and you would start watching it or you start listening to it or you start reading it. And then there's no follow-up because whatever big company or big corporation or whoever was in charge, usually not the artist, the artist is ready to come out with something else, but they have no way of getting it out to the, to, to the audience. So the, whoever's in charge for whatever reason, just arbitrarily decides we don't want to make any more of these. So we don't want uh, to put any more of these out. Well, if you're independent, you don't have to deal with that. If you're independent, you grow your own um, audience base. And if you want to put out a thousand episodes of the exact same show, then that's what you can do. Yeah. That's part of the reason why um, I became independent because of the definition of the word <laughs> independent. Also, as an artist, you know, I totally get and respect and understand and all of that, that, you know, the need to be commercially viable when working under the umbrella of a larger organization, but also as a creative person um, with an entrepreneurial spirit, it like, it hurts my soul for artists when they get locked into something and they don't get to be creative, right? They're, they're commoditized, I guess, in a way. And I love that you were willing to take the risk and to, to just go do the thing that you love. And I'm curious. So it's been, how long have you been doing the streaming service? I've been doing it now for about seven years. So with five years of that, just education. <laughs> right. Just figuring out yeah. how it works and <laughs> just, yeah. just the technical side, I'm sure is really challenging. So when you decided to do this, 
had you thought about like who who your target audience was or how you were going to get it out there? Or did you kind of just say, well, I'm going to do this? And kind of like you said a minute ago, like if people want it, they'll consume it. If they don't want it, they just, you know, go find whatever it is they're looking to consume. Like, were you strategic about it or were you very just allowing yourself to go in through your art? Well, who the target audience is, is basically people I'm thinking there has to be people out there who were feeling that, like I was feeling, like you're strolling through, you're scrolling through content on, and you're like, I wish there was more of this, or I wish I could see more of that. And, and I'm like, okay, so why don't I just make it and see how many people out there feel or think the same thing? Like they'd like to see more of this kind of content or more, uh, uh, more of that kind of content. So strategically, I was just thinking, okay, like-minded people want to want to see what I want to see are probably out there. And there's probably enough of them out there that it can make this financially viable. Because you know, you can have all the best attentions in, in the world, but if you're not backed up with some kind of financial uh, support, it's not going to last very long. Yeah. Passion doesn't pay the bills. No. <laughs> Sadly, we'd all, a lot of us would be really wealthy if that were the case. <laughs> and it's not just about hard work either it's about smart work because if the hardest working people it's just about working hard and you'd be rich totally and, you know immigrants and mexicans and you know they'd be the richest people in the world for sure yeah i mean that's the thing right it's like this whole i think a lot of i think the great resignation right this pandemic has really been shining a light on the problems and so we have a lot of people leaving. Entrepreneurship has like, you know, exploded. I hope that the people who have started businesses, you know, well, ever who have started a business, but especially, you know, out of necessity during the pandemic, find a way to be profitable. But I think that the whole Protestant work ethic thing of like work hard and you get your reward is something we've just been sold a bill of goods. It's not it's not like you're not working hard in your business, but like you said, it's not just working hard that will do it. We have to be, you know, I love what you said that, you know, you're, you have to find a way to connect with, in this case, it's an audience, right? So in your case, it's the audience to connect with your audience and bring them the things that you love that you know will resonate with them and that that's how you become you know, well, maybe not profitable right away, but, you know, you start making revenues and you start being able at least to break even and pay yourself and all those good things. So I still think it's a huge leap of faith to go into the arts, but, you know, as we were saying, when we were warming up, it's okay. Like, I, I don't necessarily believe in the starving artist thing. I think it happens, but I don't think that has to be the way things go. You know, you can, like I tell my clients and I don't work with, with creatives really, but you know, follow your heart and then bring your logical brain right next to you <laughs> or like slightly behind you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There has to be, there has to be kind of a balance between mm -hmm. the two. It can't just be all about the money making and none about the passion or, or in my case, the artistry, being mm -hmm. an artist. It can't be, it has to be kind of a balance. Prince said money and art don't mix. So I mean you can you can put that in almost any any 
aspect. You can say money and art don't mix, money and passion don't mix if you're not talking about an artist, you know. But whatever you're doing, you have to, there has to be some sort of, I don't know, it helps to, if there's some sort of love for it or some sort of passion or some sort of something that makes you say, you wake up and you say, man, I can't wait to get back to work. I can't wait to, to do this. You know, uh, a balance between that and the pragmatic side with the numbers, making sure the numbers match, well, we got to bring these numbers up and we got to, you know, make this money, you know, uh, balance between the two, because you got to make the money. Uh, we live in a capitalist society. You, you got to make the money. Otherwise, there's so many problems that are going to arise from you not having that money. So, I mean, you got to make the money, but at the same time, you don't want to completely sacrifice the passion on the art because then you end up dying. Yeah, I think that's the challenge is at what point are we sacrificing too much of ourselves, whether it's for art or a passion project or, you know, something that we start. A lot of people start their businesses out of necessity, but choose something that they enjoy. So at what point are we, you know, pushing too hard? I I don't know, you know, the exact line for everybody. I think we all need to understand what, I don't call it balance because I think balance gives us the impression that everything's supposed to sort of settle out equally, but more about harmony, right? And if we're, if I, you know, I have, I have expenses, I have mouths to feed, I have, you know, things that I want to do, things that I need to do. And then I also want to grow this business. What does that look like? And how can I create, you know, you strike a balance or create some harmony, right? That these things work together and we're not out of alignment or creating a discord in our lives. I think that's really challenging, but, but that's also part of the excitement from my perspective. I mean, this is what I do with my clients. So of course I've, I get really jazzed about this, but you know, the, you're right. It's where, where is the line? And, you know, one thing that, that you said, you know, you don't, you don't have to like be in love with it, but you gotta, it's gotta be something that you're excited to get out of bed to do. And I would say, you know, if you have a passion, don't feel like you have to monetize that, but maybe you could pursue your passion in another way and use your day job as your, as the thing that lights you up because you know you can finance your passion or whatever. So there's always a way to still do things that you love or create meaning around the work that you do, even if you're not doing your life's passion as your work. Absolutely. And part of the um, motivation for what I'm, what I'm doing as well is it's opportunities, like providing opportunities, because I, I remember coming up seeing a lot of really skilled, um, talented, passionate people who were overlooked, frankly, for every other reason, except for the fact that they were talented and passionate and good at what they were doing. It usually came down to the color of their skin, which didn't make a sense to me. Now, I didn't get that even from a business perspective. I'm like, from a business perspective, wouldn't you want the best person on the job? One would think. That's gonna, yeah. <laughs> but that, that person, they're going to make you so what that they're whatever, they're brown skin or they're from this, you know, from this country or whatever. They're going to end up making you 10 times what you're making now. But I don't know. So, I mean, that type of thing just, just frustrated me. And I'm like, I would see these people. Uh, and how passionate they were, how much wasn't just that they were good at what they were doing, it's that they loved what they were doing. Mm. And I'm like, okay, so let me see if I can uh, 
However, in my own little small way, let's see if I can create a situation where people who are passionate about doing this thing can do this kind of thing. And like I said, however, you know, however I can, however small way I can, at least it's something. I mean, you take a step in that direction, move toward it, however, crawl, right. walk, crawl, Just whatever, but move. Create some momentum. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh that, my gosh. That's, that's what it was about. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I love what you're doing. I haven't seen a lot of your work, but I was telling you not too long ago, I watched, I think it was a short or maybe a, a, um, a promo and I, one, you know, yes, there are tons of diversity and also just like, it feels so artsy, even if it's like an action, you know, thing, right? I think I saw a fight scene. Most of them are kind of action oriented, action sci-fi type. I love it. <laughs> I love it because I, you know, and I don't think it's just because I know you and I know you to be really artistic. Like it oozes creativity and there's a sense of freedom in watching your films that I would imagine has a strong appeal that might be hard to articulate if you were to try to write marketing copy about it, right? It's just like, you just, you just need to watch it. You just need to just show up for one and, and see what you think and enjoy it. And so, you know, I, I love what you're doing. I think it's great. And I want to, I'm sure our listeners now want to know where to find it, where to find you and how we can support you and, and, you know, getting the word out, but also, you know, getting, giving people the opportunity to experience to me the joy of the freedom of the art that you're creating. Well, first of all, let me say thank you. Thank you for all those beautiful things you just said. I really appreciate that. And I also want to say when, when a lot of times when people hear the word uh, diversity, uh, they think that means no white people. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> all right. That's, that, is, that, is, that is not what it means. It means everybody, not only white people. That's what it means. <laughs> when I'm talking about ethnic diversity, it means That's so everybody. Funny. No one, right. A lot of people, no, that, that has been the reaction I get. So does that mean you hate white people? What? Oh boy. <laughs> oh, that's that absolute thinking that all or nothing. Oh, <laughs> oh you'd, be, you'd be surprised. I'm like, people get comfortable in this thing. Shifting around my chair. I'm like, oh, relax, relax. All I'm saying is no restriction will be placed on a performer or an artist based on their ethnicity or color of their skin. There won't be any restriction placed on them. You won't be, it won't be like you can't play that role because you've got brown skin. You know, that's all that means. Yeah. Free. Everyone has the same opportunity to play. That's what I mean when I say um, diversity. Well, and we'll share in the show notes, like how people can go and check it out. And, um, you know, if they want to subscribe, I, if I remember, it's pretty straightforward how to do that. So, and you, you sometimes put like really short clips, like, oh, what are they like real type length um, clips on your Instagram? Are you anywhere else? Like, are you doing anything on Facebook or Twitter where we need to send people? Oh yeah. So I'm on Diversity on film underscore J. That's on, on Instagram. Uh, and the website is 
diversityonfilm.net. And so when you go there, you would just click watch movies and it takes you to the, to the streaming service. Um, Facebook, I can't remember what my Facebook is, but I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll go um I'll stalk you on Facebook. I'll find it. <laughs> we'll share it in the show notes. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I don't really do much on Facebook, but it's important if you want a business account on Instagram, I guess then you've got a Facebook. So, <laughs> no, so I think they did that because they realized it's kind of fizzling out. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've caused some harm, so people are pretty fed up with that too. So there's yeah. there's that. Can he lose like <laughs> 300 million or billion or some kind of ridiculous number, $30 billion in one day or something. Oh, yeah, probably when they, whatever, I don't even care. Like, this Poor Mark. Is, I don't know. Right. I feel too sorry for him. <laughs> the new, this is what I'm saying. This is the new new era now. Um, right. The people can decide what they want or not. So, I mean, you really don't have to go, even, even musicians and, uh, like we were talking about earlier, the love of music. Even musicians can create their songs and music and put it out themselves without a record company, without a distribution company, without any of that, straight to the people and let them, you know, decide whether they, they like it or not. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So true. Oh my gosh. Well, I've really enjoyed catching up with you and, and learning more about what you're creating. And I'm excited, you know, just as a reminder to our listeners, we'll definitely be sharing links in the show notes. So be sure to go back to the show notes and click through so you can go check out what Jay's up to and follow him on, we'll just primarily say Instagram. For now. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but also head over to the website so that you can check out the streaming service. I think, you know, it's really cool. I really appreciate it. So I would imagine that there's a real, there's a need, like there's, I feel like there's a hunger. People are really wanting representation and like mm -hmm. to, I think, you know, even white people you know, are like, you know, everybody looks like me. <laughs> shows, you know? Like, come on now. You know, it doesn't look like that when I leave my house. So, you know, let's, okay, let's, let's do something about this. So walking, um, walking around the streets in New York. Like seriously. <laughs> right. I mean, this is a more realistic representation of what real life is like outside of our homes. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, but I'm, you know, I really applaud you for taking the leap and, and going into, you know, an industry that's not necessarily easy to make it in. And yet you're finding a way to do that. So I would love to hear from you if you have any parting wisdom for our listeners. I think in particular, this would apply to anybody, but I think especially like our creatives out there. Anything you want to share? Yeah. So beyond saying the cliche things that you're kind of obligated to say, like, you know, follow your dreams and don't let anyone tell you you can't do it and all of those things. I mean, there's that, but there's also understanding what it is you want to do and what it is, what the goal is like for me. My goal is to provide opportunity and representation for more ethnically diverse group of people. So once you do define what you want to do, like whatever it is, then you can create a clear path to it. You say, okay, this is what I want to do and go for it. And they say, just go, just go for it and follow your dreams and don't let nobody say, you know, that tell you, no, that's great. But first you got to know 
it is you want to do, right? And understand that in this day and age, there's so many tools out there. There's always a way. There's no problem. It doesn't have a solution. It just isn't. Maybe you haven't found that solution yet, but there is a solution for every problem. Or more likely, with a lot of people I've, I've seen, you don't like the solution. It's uncomfortable. It's something that, you know, you're not willing to, to, to put the work in to do. But to say there's no solution to a problem, in my opinion, is simply not true. So you can solve whatever problems you need to solve if you're willing to, and you can get to wherever you need to get to. Just clearly define it and go for it. Mm, I love that. Clarity really is one of the keys to success mm. as an entrepreneur in my opinion and also in my observation of my, you know, my own success, my client's success, uh, my mentors and coaches who have supported me along the way too. I mean, clarity is always the first thing that we focus on. So I think that's really, that's really important to, to hone in on. So thank you. Oh my gosh, Jay, this was great. I definitely, you know, let's stay in touch. And um, I've just really enjoyed our conversation. It's been, you know, great to catch up. I really appreciate the work you're doing and that you took the time out to thank come you. on the show. And, and you. Um, you know, we'll, we will do everything we can to support you. And I definitely think we should come back, you know, six months or so and see what else is is cracking for you? Because I think you're not going to be in the U.S. in six months, so you might have even a different, just a different view. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, probably, probably now. Yeah, I, if I know you, <laughs> you're you're going to be, you know, getting another stamp on your passport. So, <laughs> you're making movies, probably still be making movies though. Wherever, Absolutely. I mean, that's a great thing. It's very portable, right? If you got your equipment and you've got, you know, a place to be and people. That's it. That's pretty much all you need. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks again, Jay. I've really, I've really enjoyed oh, uh, having you on the show and appreciate you being here. No, thanks for having me. It's been, it's been like, you know, walk down memory lane a little bit there. And it's been, it's been also fun to like share what I'm trying to do. And, you know, it's about a sense of community as well. You know, mm-hmm. not just. Not just about me, not just about you. It's about all of us in, in this community that we live in. This little blue ball. <laughs> right? In the middle of nowhere, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, thanks again for coming on. It's just been such a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. Be sure to click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. As you know, reviews are what help your fellow entrepreneurs find the right podcasts for them. So please leave us a review and tell your friends about us so more people can hear the valuable information we share in each episode. If you are a medical practice owner and you're struggling with overwhelm from the daily business operations and decisions and trying to manage your time and all that juggling, schedule a talk with me by visiting my website at tracycherpesky.com forward slash medical hyphen practices. Link is in the show notes. We look forward to hearing from you and celebrating your success.